0: Welcome to the Marketing Millennials, the no BS marketing podcast. I'm Daniel Murray, and join me for unfiltered conversations with the brains behind marketing's coolest companies. The one request I tell our guests, stories or it didn't happen. Get ready to turn the up.
1: For anybody that's starting on TikTok, The key is to not be locked into the content you've been sharing somewhere else and to make content originally for TikTok. So like I said, where I took that break away from the normal type of content I was sharing on Instagram, I would encourage anyone starting on TikTok to do the same.
0: Welcome back to another episode of the Marky Millennials. Today, I have Jen on the podcast. She is a travel influencer, which is Kind of lucky. I wish I was a travel influencer, but she's going to teach us some cool things about building a personal brand on TikTok. But I'll let Jen introduce herself and let tell everybody how she got into marketing.
1: Thank you so much for having me on the podcast, Daniel. Uh, As you said, my name is Jen. Um, My blog is Jen on a Jet Plane. And this all started while I was still practicing law. I started blogging on the side as I started to travel more when I switched to a nonprofit job and I had some semblance of time off. Uh, and so I took advantage. And actually, in 2018, I made the switch after a 12 trips in 12 months challenge and writing my first book on Amazon. I decided that I wanted to try this full time. And that if there was a time to do so, it was when I was 30, no children, no pets, you know, and had really the flexibility to make that decision. So In 2018, I quit my job practicing law, became a full-time travel blogger, content creator, author, and have been doing this now for more than five years.
0: Yeah, that's a big jump, like going from a lawyer to risky. I wouldn't say risky because it's passion, but taking the risk to do this full-time. Congrats to that. That's awesome. I want to go into how did you realize this was something? like not a passion anymore how did you realize this is something i I could build a personal brand around
1: Initially, my first money that I made around traveling was freelance travel writing. And so that was still doing work for somebody else, right? It still wasn't necessarily my name attached to it. It was my name attached to a major media outlet. But I saw that there was money being paid for these marketing campaigns to these media outlets and by extension to the writers, to the creators. And so I thought, what are the ways that I could become somebody that brands want to work with directly? How can I directly connect with brands and how can I build my platform to something that offers ROI for brands, a return of their investment to be able to feel like they can invest in me in the same way that they invest in these publishing companies? And so my blog was the first way that I started trying to get traffic and working on my SEO knowledge and building my traffic on my website before I really started going into social media. And even then at the time, it was Instagram, right? And these really aesthetic photos. And so I would go hiking four miles and then I'd have to change into a dress just to take pictures. And it felt so onerous on me and not necessarily authentic to myself or my brand or what I really wanted, which was sharing valuable information, sharing the travel stories. That's why I did so well as a writer initially. And so when TikTok came around, I was in the middle of the pandemic or the pandemic had just started and my blog income streams had completely evaporated because nobody was searching for travel anymore. Nobody was traveling. And so I had this freedom to step away from that aesthetic, to step away from those boundaries that I felt I had to play within to be popular on Instagram and try something completely new on TikTok where I was just sharing value, where I was sharing what I knew. And so that really took off for me in a way that none of the other platforms ever did, probably because I was being more authentic and because I was enjoying it much more than feeling obligated to do things in a particular way. So I started by sharing about remote work, how I made the tra- career transition, and now over the last uh, two years or so, I would say solidly, have been posting a lot of travel content, but in a way that doesn't feel Like it has to look a certain way, right? Like I can just use clips from my travels, use a voiceover, and I don't even need to be on camera if I don't feel the need to be so, let alone, you know, have a full face of makeup and this really fancy dress and all of those things that I used to have before. So TikTok became a way for me to express myself freely and to share the knowledge in a way that people actually wanted to consume it beyond just like a six second, really pretty clip on Instagram.
0: That's the beauty of TikTok, where Instagram has always been, let's take the best side of me, let's show the coolest things that I'm doing, but it's not really the whole journey behind it, which is awesome. How did you decide what niche of travel you wanted to pick? Because obviously there's a lot out there, there's budget travel to luxury travel to backpacking to like, there's so many different ties. How did you decide to carve your niche and build a brand in that that niche?
1: And what's funny is that sometimes the niches have evolved or changed. And I think you need to give yourself the freedom as a content creator to allow that to happen. So when I first started, because I was working at a nonprofit, I shared a lot of information about finding affordable flights because people were like, how are you possibly finding flights to Bali and New Zealand when you have a public service salary. And so that was initially what my first book was about. It was what I got the most traction for. And that was what I started with. Now I don't share as much of that because it's really evolved into kind of a points and miles world, things like that. And being that heavy into like having spreadsheets of all my credit cards and the bonus rewards and all of that was not me. Again, that was inauthentic. So I felt I could continue to go down this route but I don't know that it's necessarily what I feel passionate about. Solo female travel was always something that I felt passionate about, even when I wasn't traveling solo, because I believed in the power of travel to really help women feel more in touch with their instincts, to be more present in day-to-day life, and to just celebrate themselves. Uh, So, that's always been something that I've been passionate about and still something that resonates when I share videos about being a solo female traveler in Egypt or uh, Jordan or you know South America, other places that maybe people wouldn't feel safe going. And so that's always been a niche that has called to me and that even if I were to get married and would be traveling with a husband, that would still be something I wanna champion and wanna keep as a core pillar. And then beyond that, I think, Just sharing destinations in general was a niche that didn't necessarily need to be narrowed down. Like people love to see cool food from all over the world, right? Everybody's hungry. Everybody eats. And so those videos always perform well for me, especially when you do something a little controversial, like if you declare anything to be the best in the world, I promise you that you will have people engaging in those comments, because they will have a different opinion, right? So if, even if it's an award winning place, I declared something to be the best clam chowder in the US because it had won multiple clam chowder awards at these clam chowder competitions. And immediately everybody comes in like, no way, the best clam chowder's is not in the West Coast. It's definitely from Boston, you know, so it Either way, it encourages that discourse. And because of that, that helps the video get more traction. And I've done that with a lot of different food items, you know, a lot of things that have won awards, best hotels, like anything that has that encourages people to chime in with their opinions, which people love to do.
0: (laughs) Yeah, people love to one, give their opinions and two, People have strong opinions on the places that they grew up going, or they know, or they've been to, and it's it's funny because travel is very objective and opinionated. I think one person's favorite country is not someone else's favorite country because people some people like backpacking, some people like history, some people like luxury stuff, some people like food. Um, So travel is such a crazy world so that like any opinion you make about anything, the backpacker community or this community or that community will come and say something around it. I think that's really cool that you found that. When did you start? If someone was coming up to you and said, hey, Jen, I want to start building my personal brand on TikTok. What is some advice you would give to them to starting today?
1: Sure. So I think for anybody that's starting on TikTok, the key is to not be locked into the content you've been sharing somewhere else and to make content originally for TikTok. So like I said, where I took that break away from the normal type of content I was sharing on Instagram, I would encourage anyone starting on TikTok to do the same. So first, I would identify two to three creators that you like, that you resonate with, that you think are sharing similar messages. So you can see what types of videos they're sharing and how you can put a spin on that, how you can do something in your own way. Then from there, I recommend throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. Uh, At some point in time for your first like 20 or so TikTok videos, chances are something will go viral within that bunch of videos because TikTok wants to encourage you to be on their platform. So most people when they start off, they get that, you know, adrenaline dopamine hit when they see that a video is doing really well and that makes them want to come back and post more. So I would suggest doing all kinds of different videos at first And then seeing which of those videos get the most shares and saves because that's indicative that the video is good, even if it doesn't have a lot of views right away. Because TikTok is also a long form game. Sometimes I post a video about a very specific destination and it will maybe get 10,000 views initially. And then a year later, it's up to 100,000, 200,000 views because it is for a very specific destination. So it comes up when people are searching for things to do in that area. And it continues to be top of mind on the TikTok hashtags and search results. So look to see, was this saved? You know, if one person saved it, not so great, maybe, but you, you saw a hundred people save this. That means you're on to something. A hundred people found that useful. They want to sh- like reference that for later, and so I would look to see those metrics, and I would look to maximize the one viral video or hopefully more viral videos that you get. So when you do have a video do really well, I would respond to the top comments with additional videos. And this has the same effect as having like a Twitter thread where now you have people going through multiple tweets and seeing you know, what's related to that initial post. With a TikTok video, when you respond in the comments, that video is gonna keep going viral and it's going to keep driving traffic to your other videos in the comments. So that's an important way to monetize and to continue maximizing that impact. And then also having a strong call to action. So you don't want to let a viral video go to waste, right? Because I've had videos where it's gotten, you know, 2 million views, but I didn't have a strong call to action. So I didn't capture a lot of those views as followers. And so a way to do that as a personal brand, usually in the beginning, you want to have your hook up, you know, and immediately step into your hook. You don't even want to take a breath. You just want to be immediately talking because you, the first two to three seconds are most important for stopping the scroll. So tell people, what they're going to get from this video, who you're calling out to, you know, have a compelling hook. And then right after the hook, insert who you are and why people should be following you. So here's three mistakes you should not make as a solo traveler. My name is Jen Ruiz. I'm a professional traveler. I am a, you know, solo female traveler that's been to X countries, whatever you want your bio, short little video bio to be, make sure you're following for more or have that call to action again at the end of the video. But if you don't insert who you are and why people should be following you, the way that the platform works, people are just going to like your content and move on. And you want to capture those as actual followers. So make sure you have something. And most creators do, right? They'll say, you know, I'm your money BFF. That's one really common call out for the financial content creators or things like that. So Who are you? Why should they be following you? Then get to the meat of the content. And all of this, I recommend keeping it under 60 seconds. Even though TikTok allows you to have videos up to, you know, 10, 20 minutes now, they're encouraging long form videos through series and different monetization options. I encourage you to keep it short. I actually find the sweet spot, at least for an informational video, to be around 30 to 45 seconds before you start to lose traffic. And you want to make sure that your metrics are enabled from the very beginning. So you want to have a creator account that allows you to see the analytics and it'll tell you exactly where people stopped watching. It'll tell you how many people, you know, how many watch hours you have, all of that information that you can analyze to see, okay. From throwing spaghetti at the wall in these first 20 videos, these were my top five videos. These are the pillars that I should be focusing on. And this is the type of content that I should expand on more, answer the questions people have asked me about, and make this more of of what I'm sharing on here.
0: I think that was like a masterclass right there (laughs) on how to build a personal brand. One thing I want to also dive deep on that you said that's super interesting, and I noticed this myself, is having videos that will come up in the search because for example i went to vancouver probably like a month and a half ago and i was trying to find the best like places to go to dinner so i searched best places to go to dinner in vancouver and they were and they were not actually as many videos as you think were under that hashtag so there's so much space for you to do that and use seo to get yourself in front of people because There were a bunch of videos, but some of them were really badly put together. Some of them I didn't understand. Some of them were more budgeting dinners versus dinners that I wanted to go to. So there's so many space like some people wanna see budget dinners, some people wanna see Michelin stars, some people wanna see Quick Eat, some people there's so many different places you can work with and even when you go to a country that's like good con like you can go from here are five quick eats here are some mission five qu- mission star restaurants you should hit here are- you have so many d- you can create like 10 different videos of 10 different things that people would potentially search for which is was cool to see but i like that you mentioned that and you saw views later down the line because people are searching for it.
1: And to expand on that, just a little bit more of how you know that your video is being picked up that way, because I think this is a missed opportunity for a lot of people. When you're looking at your own videos at the very top on the search kind of button that they have in the top 10% of the screen, if your video has been recognized by tiktok as being about a particular topic it'll say that so it'll say what tiktok thinks your video is about so in this case with your example it would say you know food in vancouver vancouver restaurants if you've done a good enough job of describing that so to make sure that that gets picked up that's why i use in-app formatting and text i don't use off-app texts because tiktok picks up the text that you use in their platform. And that's part of what helps rank it for SEO purposes. Also long form captions. So you don't just want to put like, "Mm, yum, right? Like you want to say, these are some of the best restaurants in Vancouver. Don't visit Vancouver and miss these places where you'll find delicious food from X to X, you know, Uh, you want to elaborate even better if you can List the restaurants themselves in your caption because, again, that just helps double down on letting TikTok know what it is that you're sharing, and then also location tagging helps with that too. So, if you want to put, you know, in Vancouver, these are now three different signals that we've given to TikTok as to what your content is, and like you said. There isn't a lot of competition. So if you have good content, it should rise to the top of search results and continue to get traffic for years to come. I explain this to a lot of the brands that I work with, especially smaller DMOs, destination management organizations, Because content for Paris, for Italy, it's always going to go viral right away. But I just did a video, you know, with Chickasaw Country, uh, Oklahoma, that maybe wouldn't necessarily go as viral right away. But over time, when people are looking for things to do in Chickasaw Country, my video is going to come up. So over a year, two years, it will continue to get traffic. Same for other partners I've worked with, Rochester, New York, Billings, Montana, Oklahoma City I had somebody comment just like oh I I found these well in terms of like what you said to your point of how not everybody has the same taste and I do love museums and so somebody was like none of these things are fun Um, but for me I was like great another comment and that means that people are finding my Oklahoma City content when they're looking for things to do in Oklahoma City and so I tell brands this all the time, you know, maybe this is more what I call slow burn content. It maybe won't be as viral right off the bat as going to Naples, Italy, but it will be steadily growing and getting views over time. That happened to me with a Jacksonville video that just passed 200,000 views, you know, things like that because people will find it. And so if you use the right markers and you let TikTok know what you're sharing, TikTok will reward you.
0: It's also there's two things too it's like one you get people who are planning on traveling to see it and then you get if you tag you get people in the city your video popping up when you're in that city so people who are either traveling to that city at the time or are in the city are now like for example think when i was in vancouver i started just getting all vancouver foodie videos vancouver this video vancouver that because they knew i was in vancouver so it's also the tagging is really and really important. And also I think those are like really good tips for people. Before I think TikTok was seen as, hey, let's post a video and see how many views I can get today. Now it's like turned into a search platform. Now I even me for things that I want to see, like hotels or food or stuff like that, I'll go to yelp i'll go to TikTok. i'll go to like TikTok was one of the the search platforms i went to to see oh a, a top traveler is going there and they fit my vibe and also what it's good too is if you have good content in your feed what i do is like look at their feed and be like do these vibes fit my vibes if i'm going to change so i'll look at like five or six other videos when i'm looking at that just to make sure that fits my vibe in that time period so I think it's really good, really good points you're making on the search, the location tagging, using in app features to make sure that they pick up on on your content. How are how ways that you are trying? Because now people are probably going to ask is, okay, you're doing all this stuff, but how do I make money off of doing this stuff as a personal brand? When did you start seeing that and how are you? starting to build partnerships from doing this?
1: There are people who have a ton of followers and don't monetize. And so I really think that it comes down to being smarter about how you're going to be making money than necessarily the numbers that you have, right? Particularly if you have a niche audience. I have friends that blog about wheelchair travel, and that's not something that's seen very often. And so they can monetize even if they don't have hundreds of thousands of followers, because these brands want to reach that particular audience. And so one of the things that I do is I do brand partnerships. And I meet brands through different conferences, I like to go in person, because I think in general, my key to success has always been not being another email in this bulk submission inbox, not being another application to 100 plus applications that you've gotten for one underpaid campaign on an influencer platform, right? That's never really the lucrative way to go. You do better when you have a one on one connection with somebody, when you can explain your value proposition, and when you can build that relationship, as much as we want to keep everybody at arm's length, you know, only talk via text, I still think there's something to be said for face-to-face relationships and networking at conferences. So, For me, that was how I got my first partnership. It was with Margaritaville Resorts. And at the time I had, you know, less than 10,000 followers across all my platforms. I was new to blogging and this major brand was hosting me. And that was because I sat down at a table during speed networking at a travel conference. And I told that person my story. She resonated with it and she wanted to have me out to promote the hotel and promote the brand. And that was how I started My first paid, so that was my first hosted trip. My first paid trip was with Grand Rapids, Michigan back in 2019 which at the time I was getting paid a per diem stipend. So I was getting like 100 a day. And I remember thinking like, woo, big money, Um, which, you know, things have evolved since then significantly. But that was also a contact that I made at the Women in Travel Summit, where I sat down and I met the representative, I told her my story, and she invited me to come out and experience a destination. So now my rates are in the five figures. And I do work with different travel brands. But still, Nurturing those relationships through one-on-one conferences, I still attend at least four conferences a year, and I market myself as somebody that you can use to reach the solo female travel audience, to reach an audience of this age, to reach a U.S.-based audience, right? Because most of my readers and my followers are from the U.S., and that usually has bigger marketing dollars attached to it than followers from elsewhere, both for the blog and also just in terms of revenue available. And so it's constant, constant promotion, constant meeting new people, feeding leads into, you know, my funnel of following up with brands and following up with past brands. So brands I've worked with already, you don't want to let that go either. You want to say, Hey, I did a really great campaign for you. Here's a whole kit that I've put together with all my metrics and everything that came out of it. Would you like to work together again? Right? Because I think a lot of people, it can be exhausting to constantly find new contacts and new things uh, instead of maximizing the existing contents and partnerships you already have. So brand partnerships are one way. I also monetize directly through the blog and traffic I generate through the blog. I'm with a publisher network called Mediavine that after you get 50,000 views a month on your website, you can apply to be part of and they pay me monthly on an RPM basis that varies, but it'll be anywhere from like usually averages around 50 to $60 per thousand people that I have to my website in a day. And so I can make passive income just off of that with Mediavine, and that's a big target for a lot of people. And TikTok, when a video goes viral, I can get 10,000 hits from that video to my website that day. And so I can monetize that viral video by making sure I I don't use Linktree or other third-party links in app. Because I don't want to lose on that traffic to my website. So I actually have taken the time to get a web developer to build a page that looks similar to a link tree because I know that anytime people click, that's money that I'm getting. And I don't want to lose out on that and send it through a third party. In addition, I have digital products and courses. So if I, you know, I have a travel writer training program where I've shared about being a freelance travel writer and that's something that I'll market that to my social channels and then they'll come in and purchase those programs. I have my books, which are very low entry. Most of them eBooks under $10, Uh, print books between like 10 to 15, but still for somebody who's hesitant about investing in a course, they can start with a book that's a small investment and gets them you know bigger results and that's usually when people email me or dm me i recommend them that i say first i have these free resources i have playlists devoted to this and playlists is another way to make sure that people who see one video and they want to see you know five or six related videos can easily go and click on your playlist so i have a puerto rico playlist because i have a lot of puerto rico content i used to live there and so i will say at the end of my videos check out my puerto rico playlist for more and it's already tagged there it's already in the video and hopefully that allows people the ease of seeing related content without having to search through my whole profile which can be daunting and and things can get lost in there especially when you get hundreds of videos And so playlists are a great way to direct people where you want them to go to see related content. And it's a great way to take that playlist, take it as a pillar and then monetize around it. So if you liked my Puerto Rico content, can see more free resources about this on my blog. I have detailed itineraries with links, you know, whenever I share a Puerto Rico Airbnb, I direct them to my blog post that has all of those links on it. And so another way that you can monetize there is with the affiliate links that are clicking through your affiliate links. I always put my codes like I'll never have to pay for a helicopter in New York again because I had one video advertising Blade that got over 800,000 views. And honestly, like every other day, I get a notification that I've gotten $25 in Blade credit. So, like, I just at any point in time from New York Airport into Manhattan, I have the credits to support this $200, $250 ride one way because I keep getting those payouts. So affiliate links is another one, but doing so in an organic way where you've already recommended this product and now you're just listing it as a way that somebody can get a discount. That's why my Blake content does so well, because if you use my code, you get $50 off your first ride. And so always keeping in mind of what's in it for other people. So we've covered brand partnerships, blog ad revenue, affiliate revenue, digital products, eBooks. And then I also have um, public speaking engagements that I do. So I speak about TikTok to different companies, to entrepreneurs organization groups, to finance groups. I've spoken about it to a group of just gym leaders. You know, how can we get your fitness content to stand out on TikTok? So I found ways to monetize beyond just the travel space, because when you've been in one space for so long, it can start to feel small. And so you want to think bigger. How can you get more people to know about you beyond just your particular niche? And that helps keep the opportunities coming.
0: I think it's really smart. I think using TikTok as an audience building, um, traffic um, building platform and directing them to an own platform, which has assets that you own on there, like courses and books, and also having ways that if they direct it, there's a way to monetize through views, there's a way to monetize through link clicks, is the way to monetize through like if they want you to speak. So that it's good. To, this is I always suggest like you start building a platform, you wherever you build a personal brand, you build a personal brand, but you always should have something that is owned that you can get your own traffic, get your own emails, get your own sales whatever you're trying to do have an own platform it's so important that's why platforms like linkedin and tiktok have high organic reach that you can capitalize on so that's awesome what is a marketing hill you would die on
1: i think just based off of your most recent post that no social media platform is ever guaranteed. So I've actually had my TikTok banned right before I gave a public speaking engagement about it, which was super embarrassing. Uh, a couple of months ago, I had my Facebook hacked while I was using social media on a cruise during on the public cruise Wi-Fi. And so I can't ever depend just on these social media channels. It makes me really nervous when I see other influencers that are like, I've crossed 100,000 followers, I'm gonna quit and do this full time, I'm going all in as an Instagram influencer, or I'm going all in as a TikTok influencer, it makes me cringe because I get so fearful, Instagrams get hacked all the time. And I've been lucky enough to be able to get my accounts back. But because of that, that's never my end game. My end game is always to get people ideally on the email list, and I think that that's where you have people that have given you an open invitation into their digital home at any point in time. Like they're like, yes, we like you enough. Please come and just walk right in. You know, you have an open invitation to contact me at any time. And those are your die hard followers. These are people that have said, we want to hear more from you. So I always direct people to my email. And that's always something I'm trying to grow also as an author. Because it can be, again, one thing to have my video go viral, a whole other thing to have that video generate pre-sales for my next book, you know, whereas an email list highly converts. So I think too many people think that social media is the end game. And I think the end game, not even your blog, because I had a blog for years and didn't have my email signups really dialed in and I wasn't emailing, you know, my list weekly like I do now and i think i lost you know i think just thinking about how much traffic came to my site saw a post they like got what they needed and never came back like makes me really sad whereas if you have an email list you have a way to consistently contact people and to make sure that they know what you're offering so my hill is you cannot just be a full time influencer and think that your entire business model is on a platform that does not belong to you. And at any point in time, it can be ripped away, because I've had it ripped away almost all of them. And, you know, it is, there's nothing more anxiety inducing. Like I this happened to me actually on my birthday that I was hacked, the Facebook was hacked, and I completely I mean, I'll just I'll never forget that being one of the most horrific birthdays I've ever had, even though I was in Greece on a sponsored cruise because the entire time I couldn't think of anything else except, you know, all of my data is gone. I can't link my Instagram to a different personal Facebook account. Your Instagram is forever linked to that one personal page that you have. So even if I start a new Facebook, I can't relink my Instagram to that new Facebook. It was just a nightmare in so many ways. If I ever apply for another campaign that requires the brand to tap into my Instagram to get the analytics, I cannot have them connect. And from here on out forever, I have to explain to campaigns that they have to deal with my screenshots as opposed to their, you know, analytics pulling software that would get all the information for them. Like I have to make that disclaimer forever to brands. It was such a nightmare. To the point that I ended up, uh, the next week I was in Egypt and I was in uh, these pyramids and they have a scarab that if you walk around it seven times and make a wish, uh, it's supposed to come true. And so I just wished my little heart out to get my Facebook back out of all things in the world, right? And you're in this one place and you're like, what should I wish for? So not like health, not like, you know, anything. The most important thing right now is that I get this back because it's such a nightmare to have that taken from you. And so I think too many people, I know so many that have, you know, done really well on these platforms and think, great, I'm going to go all in as an influencer. And I am big on diversifying. I think I listed at least six different income streams to you during this show because of that, because if any one of them goes away, which all of mine have, right, the blog traffic died in the middle of the pandemic. My social media things have been canceled. I've had freelance writing where it could be months and I don't get an assignment. So I think if you're doing this as a personal brand and you really want to have longevity and you want to have your sanity, you need to be diversified and you need to be focusing on building the email list and building a way to still reach your followers, even if all else fails.
0: I think what's also great is that when you're building an owned list and you build a community on a platform, people will follow you. And especially if you have a list, like if you have a TikTok, people want to look at your Instagram or they want to go look at your blog because they try to start trusting you. So I think that is one of the things about building on more than one platform, because now you have an audience on TikTok, you have an audience on Instagram, you have an audience on email. And if one goes to crap, you can always be like, hey, I'm over here. Look at me. You know who I am. I've been building an audience. And yeah, so that, that's, I always say build on an own platform and a rented platform. Lastly is where could people find and follow you, your journey?
1: Yeah, so I am at Jen on the Jet Plane, all different channels. So TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, you can find me at Jen on the Jet Plane.
0: Okay, well, I'm mean, go follow Jen on the Jet Plane. Go look at her blog. Go, if you're a solo traveler, she has great information. I just got a masterclass on personal branding on TikTok. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Daniel.
0: Thanks so much for listening. Tune in next week to hear more great insights from marketing's coolest operators. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the Marketing Millennials podcast and giving it a five-star rating. It helps bring more marketers into our community.